0: Thanks to Bombfell for supporting the Motley Fool. Bombfell is an online personal styling service for men that helps find the right clothes, guys, for you. Get $25 off your first purchase at Bombfell.com Fool. That's B-O-M-B Bombfell F-E-L-L.com slash fool.
1: It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner.
0: Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. I'm delighted to be joined this week by two of my favorite guests. Uh, Kara and Lee, I believe that you've been invited back to the show for a third time. No one has been invited until now back to this show. I feel so honored.
2: Thank you. (laughs) My jacket fits perfectly. Thank you for that.
0: Now, I think it's nice, Kara, that you said honored. I'm not sure it's even an honorable thing, but I I appreciate that you you would think that it is. And I, I like to think in my better days, that it is. And thank you both for being with me this week. So, we're here to talk about culture and what it's like to work in the place that you work. And at The Motley Fool, um, when we started 24 years ago, what we had right, and the good news is, that we were trying from the get-go to create a place that people would want to come to work each day. And why was that? Well, it's because there were two brothers, and A friend of theirs and they started the company. And when it came time to hire really their first non founder employee, we didn't have a budget to go search. There was no LinkedIn. Actually, even the World Wide Web wasn't around (laughs) quite yet. So who did we hire? Right? We hired our fun friend from college uh, or high school. We hired people we knew. And if you're going to hire people you know at the start of your business, you're probably going to want to make it kind of a fun place to work. You're not probably going to count hours on them or start counting vacation days. Some of the things that were very countercultural back then still are, as you both know better than I, still countercultural today. just came to us kind of naturally because of the circumstance by which we started. So, that's what we had right. What we didn't have right, um, not that it was wrong, but we didn't yet have the sense that culture, capital C, was a thing, that that would be how these days People think about their workplace. There wouldn't be workshops or keynote speeches about culture. There wouldn't be culture fools. There weren't back then, but there are now. And I'm joined by them today: Kara Chambers and Lee Burbage, respectively. Kara, how long have you been at the Fool? Uh, almost 12 years. Awesome. Lee, uh, almost 19 years. Okay, so that's 31, which is more than I've been at the Fool. <laughs> and both of you are leaders and have helped steer the Motley Fool's culture to become one of the more acclaimed workplaces in America. A little bit of bragging, I'm not reading from any brag sheet here, but a couple times in the last five years, Glassdoor.com, the site that has employees rate their workplaces, has had The Motley Fool as the number 1 place to work for small to medium-sized companies in America. So, there's a lot of competition. I'm imagining there's at least 10,000 other players out there. And we've been number 1 a couple times. We've always done quite well at that. And it is, to your credit, to your respective credit, I know you're the first to give it back out to all of our employees. To create together a place that we wanna do purposeful, meaningful, and fun work every single day at the Motley Fools. So Kara and Lee, we've talked before, we talk about once a year, but this time we have a theme that we're gonna present here in early August on rule breaker investing, a little bit of a maybe a summertime theme. Kara, what are we gonna go for this time?
1: We're going to talk about well-being, uh, overall well-being. We have a, a very um, highly engaged uh, wellness program at The Fool, um, but that's part of a larger team. We call ourselves The Thriving Fools, um, focused on the overall well-being of the individual. And just thinking about growth and happiness at work, uh, it's just so um, it's many facets to well-being at work so we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, the different things we do
0: awesome and i was trying to establish a little bit that humbly because i'm I'm trying to strike the right balance here we put these ideas forward with humility Mm -hmm. but i also want to say that we do put it forward with some authority as well um the motley fool in the washington dc area recently got an acclaim lee
2: yeah i mean we're uh, pretty regularly recognized in dc as You know, the best place to work and on the best place to work lists. Uh, Washingtonian does a great list every two years. I've been here 19 years. I I believe we've been on that list every time they've done it.
0: Did we receive an accolade as number one for
2: a certain thing in the last six weeks? Uh, Yes, we did, David. Uh, The (laughs) healthiest place to work. The most fun. What were the exact words, Kara? Uh,
1: I think we were most athletic.
2: Most athletic place to and work. And I think it's funny, Lee, area.
0: that you didn't even exactly remember that. <laughs> we Whereas win a lot those of, of us who aren't that <laughs> athletic, like for example me, I take great pride <laughs> and like I put up the strong arm <laughs> emoji on Twitter and say. We are the most athletic place to work in the Washington, D.C., in the nation's capital. That's correct. So that's, uh, whether or not Lee actually knew that, Kara, I'm glad that you did. And you and I similarly unathletically take great pride <laughs> totally. in that. So that's one form of well-being. But I know we're going to talk about others. Without further ado, let's get started. You both have brought some points, as you have in previous appearances. I think you have eight today. So we're going to bounce it back and forth. Who's up first?
1: Uh, I am. Uh, we're going to start with... Um what we call our Bookie Monster program. We, we went through a very rigorous naming process for that program, we just <laughs> named it Bookie Monster. Uh, and, and it's uh, any business book, uh, you can request. Uh, and we have a huge library here at The Fool. I was just sitting there. And so that just kind of opens up people to kind of explore different topics. Someone just asked me if they could learn Japanese. Yes. Um, Any kind of nonfiction business type book. Uh, I was going to do a plug because it's thematically what we're talking about today. A book I recently read is called How to Have a Good Day by Carolyn Webb. Um, We'll talk about this more, but she focuses a lot on... uh, when your mind is in discover mode, when you're feeling good and you're happy, you're going to outperform. Uh, and and the opposite And when you're stressed, when you're tired, when you're physically or emotionally drained, it, that's called defensive mode and you're less willing to... You're less able to learn, less able to, to solve complex problems. Uh, that book really just helped, kind of focus, uh, at least me and my team, uh, on this type of work.
0: So, Kara, so the theme again, overall well-being. Mm-hmm. So, while we did lead with the um, the strong arm emoji and the word athletic, <laughs> yeah. you went right to books and reading mm-hmm. and the life of the mind, the overall well-being of the fool. How does the program work? Do people get books for free here, or what? what? They do.
1: They they just send an email to Bookie Monster and Boogie Monster will reply back and say, I have your book at the front desk. It's magic.
0: Does that mean if I'm kind of a country wit, I don't work at The Fool, but I'm listening to this podcast, I can just drop an email to oh, wait, at no, fool no. Dot com?
1: <laughs> I'm going to check with our plot. CFO first. Duh,
0: I <laughs> thought I found a loophole. You could try. <laughs> <laughs> so is this a program that is... That is well used.
1: It's very, very popular. Uh, and it's fun to walk past the front desk. You see kind of the the books waiting to be picked up by somebody and you can chat with them in the hallway and say, hey, I just saw you pick that up. How is that one? So it's just it brings a culture of reading and learning uh, to to this office.
0: Out of curiosity, because I'm going to be playing the role of occasionally this week the small business entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have five to 10 employees. Maybe I'm a realtor and I have my team We're not the Motley Fool with 300 employees and the kinds of resources that you might be talking about. Um, What is the rough expense I should expect if I were to open up my own Bookie Monster per employee, let's say?
1: Uh, That's a good question. I want to say an Amazon book is maybe $15, uh, so you'll probably be thinking about $15. Maybe the average person can read a book a month. uh, That's way
0: uh, beyond the average American. Did you know that the (laughs) average American has not read a book this year? And I'm not here to dump on my fellow Americans, um, because there are a lot of great ones. But um, studies Mm -hmm. that I've seen suggest that adults, most don't actually read a full book in a year.
1: That's possible. So it's
0: possible that I, with my small business, might have a less active Bookie Monster program. So it's even cheaper than what you're suggesting. But if I'm doing the math right, 12 times 15-ish is 120 and... $180 Yes. $180 a year yeah, per employee.
1: Uh, one option, we don't do this, but other companies I've seen with programs like, they, I've not seen a Bookie Monster program, but you could put it in a public spreadsheet so you could kind of share them across a library. Uh, you know, someone's picked up, um, Deep Work, which is another book we, we like that we've read, and maybe the next person passes it along. Mm, uh, sure. So you can have a, a library set up internally as well.
2: Yeah, before I order a book, I go to our internal library and look on the shelf first to see if it's there. And I'm going to say, actually, fairly frequently I can find a book mm-hmm. already. So we encourage people, when you order a book, after you read it, to put it in the library, and then others can use it, and that helps defer cost. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: And last question before we, we move to point number two. Kara, um, it's for business books, right?
1: Correct. It's um, broadly as what,
0: what, so, it, what is not a business book. How about that?
1: Uh, a Song of Ice and Fire by Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin has not yet written, although he
1: probably should, There's maybe some has. There's business, business lessons book. in there that are terrifying. <laughs> we'll
2: okay, good. Lee, point number two. Uh, so, another, um, it's along the, the lines of reading in terms of sort of opening up your mind. I think it's, it's easy to get. Uh, trapped in your day-to-day uh, work and inside your own walls of your company and so we're encouraging people to sort of think outside And so uh, one way we do that is to bring outside speakers in and so we encourage fools and at, at any level Let's say you've read a book and you're interested in, in the author uh, We will reach out to that author and say hey would you stop by and visit us and what we find is that people will often say yes Um, they're happy to come in and share their ideas and thoughts and proud to talk. Uh, We had a a recent example. I was out in our local community and I I heard a a woman from a local school speaking about raising culturally conscious kids and actually hadn't thought about that concept before. I, I thoroughly enjoyed hearing her speak and afterwards said, Hey, would you mind stopping by my office and speaking to anyone in the office who has kids? that uh, I think would also enjoy your talk. And she said, absolutely. And so we had Kiki come in, she spoke to our full parents. And so it was a chance to sort of take a break from your normal day, think about something that maybe you don't normally have mind space for and um, just sort of open up and learn. So we have a number of different speakers in. I'm gonna say we have a speaker in at least every couple few weeks. Uh, Mm -hmm. that, again, could be an author, could be a business leader, uh, could be someone that you see in the community. So I really
0: appreciate that example in
2: particularly because you made it sound
0: so low-key, and indeed it was. Now, one thing that, and again, occasionally my entrepreneurial co-founder pride will pop up during this particular (laughs) weekly podcast, We've we've had Michael Lewis, the author of Moneyball, Big Short, etc., come and speak. We've had Elon Musk, which I, I think is somebody is many people may have heard of, and some others. So, we've had some real bright lights at The Fool over the years, and we remember and, and treasure those times. And if you are a bright light, and you're listening right now, we encourage you to drop a note to
2: Lee B at fool.com.
0: Lee B at fool.com. We want to hear from you. And when you're coming through the Washington, D.C. area, if you'd like to come by, speak to our employees, we would treasure that. However back to my small business, my team of 10 people maybe I can't get Elon Musk to come this fall uh, but turns out I can get somebody that I met through school as a parent or somebody through a professional association that you can come in and have your people learn from and if you do have a larger company it doesn't have to be everybody I mean maybe somebody like mm-hmm. Elon Musk can fill the house but I like the the pick it up there but I like the recent evolution Lee which is it feels like we have more speakers with smaller groups. With more diverse possibilities as a consequence.
2: Yeah, and I think that actually feeds the program. So you know, you're going from someone like Elon Musk, who who is incredible, but then also someone from your local community talking about a, a completely different topic, right? So um, just allowing your mind to sort of stretch in those different ways. Uh, is fun and exciting. And yeah, to your point exactly, like Kiki was, just lives up the street, right? And so it was great to have her in. I knew I appreciated it, and so did other fool parents. Uh, I think also what you're identifying is there are different um, groups and types of people in any company. And so the idea that you're going to bring in one speaker every time that's going to appeal to every person at your company is probably unrealistic. So I think what we find is Anybody that you can bring in that ten, 10 or more people are interested in, hey, you've hit a pocket of people. In my case, full parents, um, people with small children, children who are thinking about, hey, how do I, how do I get after these? Kara probably didn't come to that talk, um, and was like, hey, I'm not that interested. But she probably came to the talk on Keepers, right? Which uh, we had a speaker come in about um, this net. It's a Netflix series, I believe documentary. Ah, uh-huh, right? yes. Super popular, right? I didn't go to that one because that's not particularly mm-hmm. interesting to me. Right. I don't consider either one of those a failure.
0: Uh huh. And before we move to point number three, have other businesses maybe locally started to play the same game with us, inviting either of you to come speak, or do you go out and speak sometimes to others?
2: Uh, Yeah, I've been asked um, several times to come in and talk either to associations, groups, that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. or to local companies. I was speaking uh, to MITRE, uh, um, a consulting company here in D.C., on a on a panel that they had. And, you know, it's a funny thing. When they asked me, I was like, absolutely, because, you know, it makes you feel good. You're proud to go out and talk yeah. about yourself and the cool things you're doing. So people say yes.
1: Kara, yeah. I, also... I know
0: that Lee really likes to speak. I don't know if either one of us like to speak as much as Lee does. <laughs> Do you like to speak?
1: Uh, it's not my Favorite, but I keep trying. She's super
2: good
0: at it.
1: I would say, no. I would say also just paying a visit. Um, a couple of years ago, one of my colleagues and I, we went to San Francisco uh, on uh, to a conference, and then we had a, a day free, so we asked kind of our colleagues for some networking. So we went around, and visited a couple companies, and just... Uh, met with our counterparts there uh, and uh, great idea just uh, like so it can it doesn't have to be a presentation it can just be uh, hey can I talk to you about what you do here and and meet your counterpart and it's just again broadening the network so it doesn't necessarily have to be a talk Mm -hmm. so so that's one way we connect as well connecting connecting
0: Mm -hmm. so point number one reading point number two connecting Carol what's point number three
1: Uh, I have this as listening. So this is a a project Lee and I work a lot on, and we love our peer coaching program. Uh, It's, uh, I I put this in as listening because I I read somewhere that it's one of the best gifts you can give somebody, and it's free, is to just give them your undivided attention. Uh, So what we do is we have a a peer coaching program, uh, and you can pick and choose, and there are different levels of leadership, different departments. Um, They're there kind of, Uh, It's not as heavy-handed as a mentorship. Um, It's kind of lightweight. It's maybe one or two meetings a year. Um, They're the person who's delivering your 360 feedback. They're checking in with you at least twice a year to talk about just how are you doing? Are you happy? Are you feeling good? What can we do to support you better? Uh, It just gives you another outlet with a slightly different um, agenda than your, your manager might have, or HR might have, even though I, I like doing a lot of coaching. I actually really enjoy it. So I think for, for us, I think one aspect of your well being is just, just having someone to listen to and that's free, uh, or someone to listen to you <laughs> rather that's free. So I, I think that, and that, and we've kind of worked on it to just build out the logistics. Uh, but it, we find that valuable as just a source internally.
0: So, Kara, you led with the phrase peer coach, Mm -hmm. and then you mentioned feedback. Is that the way feedback
1: happens at this company? Yes. So, uh, in a typical company, when you would get your 360 feedback, it would get emailed to your manager, and they would have to deliver it to you. Right. So,
0: that's a typical—that's not the Molly Fool. This is company. This is— this is Acme Inc. Yes Acme Inc yes. has your manager giving you the feedback.
1: Yes uh, and that's typical and, and you want as a manager, you kind of want to know what's going on with your employee but we, we turned it around and, and it took away the pressure and so there's zero consequences to someone giving you negative or or not negative constructive feedback because no one else is going to see it but you and your coach and you just talk about it. Uh, And you just and and it's mine. So if it it comes to me as feedback, I figure out what to do with it with the help of my coach. It doesn't get passed along. It's not part of my record. Doesn't affect my compensation. That frees up my colleagues who are my friends who don't want to negatively impact my career uh, to just you know, give constructive feedback with it with zero consequences. And so what we found is that creates a much more open environment for that conversation. I hope
0: this is fair. I'm going to eavesdrop briefly Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. your help on the Motley Fool's feedback system. Mm -hmm. We're conducting that this month at The Fool. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple things about it really quickly. First of all, uh, does everybody get feedback?
1: Uh, you can opt in. Everything we do here is optional, so you can choose. Uh, so you
0: decide if you want feedback. And mm-hmm. I have to admit, I'm a little bit of a slacker because it's August and I'm okay. doing enough. So I didn't request it this time, that's and that's okay. okay too. So feedback is not compulsory. Mm-hmm. It is earned by being asked for.
1: Yes. That's it's odd.
0: I think that's cool though.
1: It, it's more again if you are driving your own career and you want to develop, you you're the best person to know where you want to develop and how to figure that out uh, and and so we also leave it open all year so you can choose any time it's kind of confusing but there's a there's a deadline because it's it one of my colleagues call it social permission to ask everybody at the company or ask a bunch of people to fill right. something out about you because it's work it's still work uh, but we try to make it easy we keep the questions really simple
0: and that's where i want to keep eavesdropping because when i use the form and typed in some feedback for one of my peers mm-hmm. There were just three questions. Yes. Do you remember what they are right off the top? Because, again, I'm listening to this podcast this week, maybe because I am in business or organization. I'm curious what you ask.
2: Well, so we we do keep it simple, and we also keep it positive, right? And so what we found is that we want a situation that you're going to look forward to. And so related to the manager, like... People don't normally look forward to a meeting with their boss where they're going to hear a bunch of negative things. That's it's
0: time for your annual review, Lee. Yes. Have a seat, no.
2: please. That sounds horrible, and there's been plenty of study in this area. So, instead, we're, we're you're having this meeting with this sort of third-party sounding board coach, and they're typically covering our, our questions. Change a little bit over time, but they tend to be around where are you awesome and where can you be even more awesome. Um, so, we're, we're looking for places to double down where you're doing a really good job. And then, we've added in a feature where you can um, ask for feedback in a specific area. So, maybe you've just completed a project, or there's a, a particular zone listening or something. Lee that wants to, to hear at. what you thought of his Lemon Meringue Pie this yes. month, and his mm-hmm. new Lemon mm-hmm. Meringue Pie Club. Yeah. So, you may want something specific, and uh, and again, we try to keep it positive. So, um, we're, we're building systems here, I think, for all of these. That we want people to want to use. Like the worst part of an HR job is running around trying to make people do things, and so we want to build um, programs that people are like, oh, I can't wait for feedback to start, and I'm looking forward to that, and I'm choosing to opt in as opposed to Kara and I having to run around hmm. telling you you have to do this thing that you don't want to. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me as if part of the culture is you've you've
0: subverted yourself to the employee who is your customer, and you're trying to engage and please that person without compelling them or forcing them, you're working extra hard to figure out what they're going to like and want to use. But let me flip this back at you before we move to point number four, because I can imagine some people are listening right now saying, you know what, there's a person on my team or at our company, and they are not doing a good job, and it's very hard for me to be positive about them. How do you be effective and negative, or I would say corrective, within such a to be unfair to you both, happy-go-lucky, free-love, lemon-rang-pie environment.
2: <laughs> well, I think uh, it's actually a fairly straightforward answer, which is, I think if you're waiting for some yeah. program to start, or a system to be kicked in, for you to be able to give that person that negative feedback, you've probably waited too long, okay. and it's probably not appropriate. So, I think, David, if you're having some uh, problems with my performance, I always <laughs> I'm a little uncomfortable. With my my performance, Lee. <laughs> no, it's uncomfortable about me here on the podcast. I picked some bad it. stocks in the <laughs> last year. <laughs> um, but I think th- those are the situations where you shouldn't be relying on a program or system like this. You should be pulling that person aside and talking to them and giving them th- that kind of feedback, right? So, um, yeah, th- this is t- a system like this or, or any feedback system isn't designed to handle that super heavy load.
1: Yeah, it's about development. And, and I will add one other thing we liked. Uh, this is another learning we've had is uh, in terms of language, we offered the option to say, I would like a- your advice on this mm-hmm. in there. Um what we've learned, we've heard this, uh, someone else had this concept, but uh, instead of saying, I would like your feedback, saying, I would like your advice, that's your takeaway tip. It's just easier. People always want to give mm. you advice. They mm. don't want to give you feedback, right? They don't give you a grade, but they're like, oh, you want my advice? Okay. And and people will open right up. So, wow. Uh, that's that's a thing that we learned recently this year. So that's, we've added that in this round to see how that goes. That's
0: a great point. So that was number three listening. Lee? Number four.
2: Uh, Number four. So we have uh, a project culture here, and and so I'm I'm calling this one exploring. And so um, we have this theory that at The Motley Fool, it takes about six months to figure out your job, and then you start to have some bandwidth, right? Like you're starting to get more and more efficient in how you're able to do your job, and then you have some extra time. And so we're super curious how you use that extra time, and we encourage you. Um, un- unlike maybe any company I've seen to try new things, go investigate a new area of the business. So, um, for instance, uh, over the last few weeks, Kara and I have been super involved with a volunteer team of Fools that are investigating a potential new business line for our company. And we just needed to do a little research work. So, a call was put out, hey, anybody interested in helping out? These, what, maybe six Fools raised mm-hmm. their hand and said, I'd love to help out. And so, they're dedicating a few hours a week that they have free towards this new venture. And what happens over time is we're actually learning as a business, if they're good in that area, and they're learning as an individual, if that might be an area that they'd like to do even more. Sometimes people will walk away and be like, ooh, boy, that was awful, I don't wanna do that again. Or we, as a business may say, ooh, you're actually not very good at that. Or even better, we're like, hey, you're great, you should do more of that, and it builds into Uh, More career development, so just getting people to use their extra bandwidth to get out and about the business and reach beyond what their normal day-to-day work may be.
0: I'm curiously, you started that by saying we're a project culture. What Mm -hmm. what does that mean exactly?
2: So uh, I don't believe that we have a traditional hierarchy here, uh, a traditional career ladder. Right, you're here for um, people work here for many years and. Um, do lots of different things and like our our um, favorite people are ones that are working on maybe six or seven different projects at one time um, they may be diverse projects some you may be leading some you might be a follower some may maybe uh, you know just playing all kinds of different roles on a team so um, you're getting your enjoyment here by working with people that you love on really challenging things that are driving towards our purpose and that's sort of how you're managing your careers, moving from project to project, trying new things, getting involved in and things that you're passionate about. Mm.
0: So, it really is pretty subversive if you're thinking about a traditional org chart and a title on your business card. And once I'm junior this, my next goal will be senior this, and I'll get that in three years. And there is a downside to not being that way, because sometimes we'll lose people here at The Fool who kind of want that career path or a clearer sense of like what's next and sometimes they leave the fool after a few years to go back to maybe a more traditional workplace where they can find that. So so what we're describing here, I don't know how idiosyncratic or not it is, but it's definitely how we roll and we bet we're probably not the only organization that rolls that
2: way. Yeah, I mean I was not the first to say this. Um, uh, the Greeks were. I don't even know what you're about to say, but it's very obvious. I think that Socrates said this. Socrates Go ahead. once said, um, "Every company has a culture, but not every culture uh, is right for everyone." Right? Hmm. And so, yeah, we have a, a pretty defined and unique culture that that fits and is cool for a lot of people, but not for everybody. Uh, we're not a great resume builder or a LinkedIn profile builder company. Um, although, when people leave here, they do find some pretty great jobs, but. <laughs> Um, It's it's non-traditional, sure.
0: Okay, we're at halftime. Thank you for those first four points. You have four glowing points to come. And right after this brief ad break, I'm going to ask you each to think about something in the last 12 months since you last came on this podcast that hasn't worked so well. It's natural for us to uh, want to share out the things that have worked well, and I think best practice sharing is much more valuable. But I know, I'm sure, some of our listeners are curious about something that you know we're trying stuff all the time. What what have we learned that we needed to tweak or hasn't worked so well? So think about that. As I go on to say, thanks to Bombfell for supporting our podcast. Bombfell is an online personal styling service for men that helps find the right clothes for you. Bombfell is an easier way for men to get better clothes. I have to admit I hate going shopping, so I love that Bombfell does the work for me. I've enjoyed using the service. It has been successful for me so far. Perhaps guys you're like me. I love I love e-commerce. I am so glad I'm living today, not 40 years ago or 400 years ago. I'm even looking more forward to e-commerce and 40 more years. I'm not even sure what's going to be going down then, but it's going to be probably even better. And I hope Bombfell will be there making it better for us. So, after completing a simple questionnaire, you're going to be matched one on one with a dedicated personal stylist who's going to handpick every piece for you. Clothing is shipped straight to your door. No need to spend hours shopping at the store. You only pay for the clothes you keep. Bombfell is the only service that can make this claim. We have a special offer just for listeners of this show for twenty five dollars off your first purchase. Go to bombfell.com fool. I think you remember my sound effect earlier. That's bomb B O M B F E L L dot fool. Again, twenty-five dollars off your first purchase. Thanks again to Bombfell for supporting the Motley Fool. All right, Lee and Kara I asked, before we go on to point number five, what's something that hasn't worked?
2: So one thing is pretty easy to do is look at your budget and sort of circle those big items. It's probably healthy, right, to circle those and question them. One thing we did last year was to circle our holiday party and say, "Wow, um, that's sort of an expensive event to take everyone and a guest." And uh, I think, and it's hard to get a venue during the holidays. That's part
0: of what makes it expensive, right, Lee? Because yeah. everybody else is trying yeah. to rent the same venues for
2: the holidays, and so the rents go up. Absolutely. And you know us, we like to do things different, better, special. And so we're like, ha ha ha, we'll get them, we're going to do ours in April, we'll just combine it with some other, other events, and we won't do the plus one. And so essentially, we canceled our holiday party. And as it turns out, people missed it. Uh, That wasn't such a great decision. And when we announced this year that we're bringing it back, we got a lot of notes and and a lot of people that were super excited. So, it turns out, uh, I think the money's worth it to bring people together, to bring their um, spouse, who sometimes we only see that person once a year, and to break a little bread and and celebrate the year, the timing, the spirit. Uh, It works. And so, I think we made a mistake by um, canceling our holiday party, and I'm pretty stoked to have it back.
0: And I... I was one of those people who wrote a note to you, mm-hmm. both thanking you. I didn't know that. I thought I might be the only one who'd written that note. All right. That's a good learning. Yeah. Kara? Uh,
1: we just talked about, as we talk about learning, one one thing we're working on is we realized over the years, uh, learning and development in an office, there's a temptation to bring everyone in and teach a class uh, in a classroom. And and what you find is sometimes you have to bribe them with sandwiches. Um <laughs> And maybe that's not in your budget either. And so you bring them in and you find your attendance starts dropping. Uh, and so we said, you know, nothing is mandatory here. And, and so we're noticing this kind of drop off. Oh, and this is years. And so we were. Right,
0: because we have internal classes here yes. at the Bali Fool. Now, this yes. is maybe not a normal thing for a lot of people. No. Right, Kara? What would be a typical class that we might have taught? over the years here at The Fool?
1: It it could be an introduction to how a different department does their work, it it could be um, leadership development for for team leaders, kind of the how-to.
0: How to fill out your 401k, I can imagine, these Mm -hmm. kinds of things.
1: Yep, and again, those individually went well, I'm only thinking of the good ones now. Um, The memorable ones, I'm sure there were ones that were not memorable, but what we found was our attendance was dwindling, And, and so we are spending our time thinking about how to create experiential learning and you have to walk a line because you've got your best people working on your most valuable things you have a hesitancy to take them off of those valuable things to to learn Um, and and so that that constant push pull is getting your best people and developing them even further but uh it's it's a challenge right to get your if you are uh, if you want something done, ask a busy person term, right? So just thinking about <laughs> you're, you're really busy people and then you're like, hey, can you teach this class? Can you join? And, and what you find is it's hard to get that group. So we're trying to find ways. Maybe it's job swapping. Uh, we did a workshop with you not long ago on a project that was kind of fun. So we, we were trying to think of other ways to bring people together to learn things mm-hmm. uh, without it being classroom focused. Because uh, as we saw, the attendance was dropping and dropping. Until at one point, I remember saying, like, this meeting's at noon and we don't get any food or something. I thought, okay, (laughs) that's not why we're here. Something can be
0: fixed here.
1: That's not why we're here. So that's something I learned.
0: Thank you both. Okay, let's get back on our program, points five to eight. I see. Let's speed it up a little bit. I think my tendency Mm -hmm. to just enjoy this conversation too much has me asking too many questions. So for our last four, we're going to focus it a little bit more. And number five, Kara, I think I'm back to you.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be anywhere if I wasn't talking about an app uh, you need to use. Okay. So uh, Donut, uh, for those of you who are Slack users, Slack is our internal instant messaging program, Uh, we use an app in there called Donut. And what that does is it's an algorithm that pairs you with a random fool for coffee every other Monday. Uh, And so it's it's optional. You can opt in and you can drop out of the Slack channel if you don't want to have coffee the next Monday. And they're using some kind of magic algorithm with people like outside of your group and things like that. Uh, what I like about it is I'm I'm an introvert. I, I parties or big happy hours, I'll be shy. But one-on-one, I like talking to people. So once we installed it, I went around and I recruited all of my introverts one by one and said, come on, it's so much easier to get to know people one-on-one with it's this. It's donut. It's just donut. a donut. Come on. Uh, so we had fun. It's really a nice, just really low pressure way to, to build connections at the pool. Um, I've been in the position of giving and getting feedback of building your network and for your more introverted people that can be difficult so um you know one at a time Mm, that's (laughs) fun so again random and and so if
0: i'm a slack user and i know we have many rule breaker listeners who who probably are it's you can you can install that app within slack it's donut Donut.
1: Uh, Donut. donut.ar
0: awesome and if you're not a slack user darn it you probably can use pencil and paper and and make a program like this and pair random people who want to Talk, yes. talk some.
1: Roll Maybe dice, dice yeah. yeah. Roll dice. You know, yeah. don't,
0: don't get me started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the gamer in me wants to talk about it ga- But well, we're going to go back to point number six, <laughs> Lee. Uh,
2: okay, great. So point number six, um, we talk about autonomy in our office is a, is a pretty big deal. And so uh, we look everywhere for places where we can provide you with autonomy. And there's sort of a, a, a secret to that is also a lot of times autonomy comes with less uh, work for like administration, that sort of thing. So... Uh, One thing that we've done is just about everything in our office is on wheels. And so it turns out uh, it's a caster culture. I've heard that phrase used before. (laughs) And so, uh, David, if you wanted to move your desk, which is just a table on wheels with two cords, you unplug your cords and you roll your desk over to wherever you want to go. You don't need to ask permission. You don't need to trade desks with somebody. There's no packing or boxes or anything. Literally just roll around. Our office is literally different every day. And it's because people are moving around, and maybe like Kara, they need a few minutes to work by themselves because they're more introverted and they roll their desk over. They're like, hey, I'm on a team now. Let me roll that over to my team. So, mm. just providing people that mobility and the autonomy to make their own decision about where and how they want to work has been um, mm-hmm. a big thing for us, and I think people are, are happier and, and uh, more productive. That's really. Um
0: we didn't force rank these points, uh, so we're not saying that that point number six is the sixth most important thing. But that, for a lot of offices, whether you are in a small or a large office, um, that's very doable. Now, for some offices, maybe you have mahogany furniture, or you have stuff <laughs> built in, you have cubicles that are basically anchored to the wall. Maybe you can't do that, but. At least your chair on wheels, at least being able to slide around and meet with people or hang out for four days in a work pod to get stuff done seems seems doable, but it wasn't until year what of our company lead that we finally figured out we could put stuff on wheels.
2: I think it was about eight years ago. And, yeah, so year uh, sixteen.
0: Took us sixteen years to figure that out.
2: When you were asking before about maybe mistakes that we made, I will say that when um, Brian's I and uh, Chad Wolfshimer, two fools that work here, came to me and talked to me about this. My first reaction was, that sounds crazy. And no, no, no. And so it, it took them a little convincing of me. Um, it's really part of sort of the scrum and agile uh, push. But in your mahogany desk um, scenario, I would say we've also found uh, um, a lot of success finding little spaces in hallways any little gap in the office where you can shove a couch or roll a few chairs into to just give people options of other places to sit and interact has been pretty powerful as too. So not being tethered to um, you know a mahogany desk in the corner and instead being able to get out and move around and move about the cabin uh, we think is a pretty big deal. Mm. Again my idea from the beginning.
1: <laughs>
2: Care out point number seven.
1: Uh, caring. So, uh, this is, uh, I do our engagement surveys and for at least like nine years, it's a very popular engagement survey question, which is my team leader or someone at work cares about me as a person. And I enjoy every time I open the survey and it goes up one more point. Uh, and so we're at 95%. Sorry, that's a humble brag there. But <laughs> I think it's important. <laughs> it's part of our culture. It's a very family oriented culture and all the things we do, we want to help you feel like this is part of your family. And, and people you see every day, you spend a lot of time with. And so caring about each other is a part of your well-being, just uh, knowing that people do. So um, it's a high driver. It's something that we take pride in, has always been part of our culture. Um, even when other engagement scores go up and down, I see this go up and I say that makes a resilient culture. That, that tells me that we are all in it. Um, because we care about each other, and that—that's—I would be a sad person if I had to get up in front of a company and present that that score was like fifty or mm-hmm. something.
0: And actually, implicit in point number seven, caring, Kara, mm-hmm. is that we're measuring, mm-hmm. and we're not really talking about that this time. I think we've talked about that on a prior mm-hmm. podcast, by the way. I'm going to plug your two previous appearances here at the end shortly, uh, so people can find more. Of such ideas. And I bet some of you right now, Rule Breaker listeners, are listening Say, saying, I wish my boss would listen to a part of this. Maybe this this podcast or maybe one of the other two I'll mention. But implicit in what you just said is that we have engagement scores. We ask mm-hmm. people on a regular basis, score us. We gather the data. We care about that. We slice and dice the data. Mm-hmm. We get more data every single time. We have historic data so we can know norms. And yeah. so I just wanted to make sure I double underlined that.
1: Yeah, and I'd say what we say is every company is a great place to work in its own way. And, and for us, that's a, that's a big one. And, and if you have that at your company, uh, just building on it, right? It comes from starting with your founders and hiring your friends, but building from there. Uh, starting with people who care about each other.
0: So. And um, to be maybe just a little bit soupy and sentimental, Kara and Lee, you're some of my good friends here at The Fool. And I didn't know you when we started The Motley right. Fool. And so one of the things that happens if you're in a good office and you stay around for a while and you've got a positive culture, regardless of what business you're in, is that some of your best friends end up being the people that you're working with every day and you didn't even know them when you Mm -hmm. graduated high school or
2: college. All right, point number eight. Lee. So number eight, uh, it builds a little bit on my holiday party point, but... Uh, just not forgetting the fun and, and mm-hmm. building into the fun. It, it can be so easy. And again, to use your word, Sappy, we're like, hey, we should have another activity or, or another fun event. And so we do still try to have at least some sort of fun company event that's organized uh, once a month. And the one I wanted to highlight was one that we had from last month because I'm particularly excited. We tried to think about how can we do something fun? that also draws in our remote workforce, right? And so we have a decent number of Fools that are working from around the United States and around the world, all different sorts of time zones. And that can make having a fun event um, difficult to pull off and maybe even makes them sad. So here we're doing something fun at the headquarters mm. and you've got someone in Singapore who's who's saddened because they can't participate. So here's what we did is we did a push-up challenge uh, Come full circle to be in the, the most athletic uh, company. Yeah, here. I mean, how
0: can we not mention um, that in Washington D.C. we are the reigning <laughs> most athletic company in the capital of maybe the arguably the most powerful nation the world has ever known.
2: I think our hope was, they never give that award again, and then we're only the only uh, one ever. Um, but we did a push-up challenge, and it was very simple. You can do this in your company. We uh, had a Google Doc where you go and you put your name in. Uh, I know that you both participated, and just on a daily basis, you mark down how many push-ups you're doing, and you have a goal. And there's actually some banter talking inside the Google Doc, and we had some prizes. And some and...
0: teams challenged, some other teams, mm-hmm. some Absolutely.
2: Of that. So, if you're in Singapore, you're in Australia, or you're here in Washington, D.C., you can get in that Google Doc, you can participate. It happened all month long. We had a super fun time. We did, I think, 150,000 push-ups as a company. And so, uh, we found a way for us to have fun as a company, which I think it's easy to forget, especially um, in, in the busy worlds that we live in today. So, adding some fun into your company and finding ways for everybody to participate. Uh, is something I'm particularly excited about.
0: Okay, we're going to close this one up. I want to give a little bit of a plug to one or two resources that people who've enjoyed this podcast can access. But before I do that, I want to ask you each one final question. And Kara, randomly, I'll pick you for the first one. Lee, you for the second. So Each of these comes from a different type of a listener. We're going to call them opposite listeners. Kara, you're going to speak briefly to the person who has no budget. They're either at a smaller company than The Motley Fool, Mm -hmm. and there are many smaller companies than The Motley Fool, or they're a larger company, but there's just no budget for things like wellness or fun. So, I'm listening to you guys. You're talking about something that sounds great. I mean, I wish I had that kind of pie in the sky, but I don't. What can I learn from this podcast? What can I do?
1: Push-ups and Google Docs are free, so I'll start with that. We. (laughs) <laughs> talking about mistakes. Before we had a wellness person, we designed our own wellness challenge, and uh, it was it was really ridiculously complicated. But we did it. Um, it's better. In it's the hands helpful
0: of, to have senior it, people who it, understand what they're doing.
1: It's better in the hands of a professional, is what I'll <laughs> say. But you know, it, nobody got hurt. <laughs> so try uh, push-ups are free, uh, and talking loaning books among each other is free. Sitting down and listening to your colleagues. I say the number one takeaway too is. Um, if you're just starting out in a business, it's really easy to think of, now I'm in management and I have to like be the police for my employees, and, and for us, it's always come from a place of trust, place of positivity, and it works, and, and that's why I kind of like to go out into the world and say, you can have that with three people, um, mm. and ideally, I hope you do.
0: So, so much of what we just covered in these 45 minutes or so is free. Mm-hmm. It's just about making decisions, having frameworks, and having some internal commitment or willing pick it up there, or willingness to experiment. Alright, Lee, you're going to come at it this from the other angle. Um, hey, The Motley Fool's a cute company. I appreciate the podcast. I've followed some of your stock picks. You guys are just 300 employees. I work, I work at a division, let's say, that itself is 3,000 employees. We have tons of resources, actually. So, Fools, listening to this hour, I'm wondering if you had twice the budget that you have. Because this hypothetical person that you're going to be for secondly does. This person has twice the budget that we have per employee to focus on wholeness and well-being. If you had more, how would you be spending it?
2: Well, I, I reject the question. Um, <laughs> so I, I the reason I say that is I don't think it's about money. I think what I would love in that scenario, if it were me, is I would have scale to do things that Kara mm-hmm. that and I can't um, do because we just don't have enough people. So, for instance, our coaching program, I think, would be even more rich um, because I would be leveraging all those people that exist at that company. So whether it's the coaching program or speakers, I don't actually necessarily need to go external to find speakers. I bet you with a large... Uh, population inside my company. I have some pretty interesting people that could teach a class, speak about something that they're doing. So just being able to leverage the, the, the human power of all the interesting um, folks in that scenario um, would be cool. The second thing I would say is um, the killing systems or processes that are unpopular and um, not uh, very powerful at scale Is a big deal. So very powerful. Yeah, Yeah. to kill the performance appraisal at 300 was a big deal. To kill the performance appraisal at 3,000 or 6,000, they'll write a book about you. Mm. (laughs) All right. Well, Kara Chambers
0: and Lee Burbage, two world-class thinkers, and I'm going to say that again with my entrepreneurial pride on my sleeve, because of the Motley Fool's renown as a place to work and a place that's constantly experimenting. Sometimes with small budgets, I love Lee's point that it's not about money, and that's what Kara said as well. So much of this is free, but willing to experiment and try and see what works, and try to make the workplace better for one of our key stakeholders that every organization for-profit and not-for-profit has, and that's your employees, or, if you will, your human capital. I mentioned earlier that I've done two previous podcasts with Kara and Lee, and if you'd like to hear either one of them, I'm going to call them out right now. The very first one was their appearance on December 2nd, 2015, 10 Traits of a Great Company Culture. So, if you're on iTunes, you can just scroll down to 12 to 15, listen to it yourself share it with your manager or the big boss at your organization, whoever it is, share it out." And then they came back in 2016. The day was May 11th, and we imaginatively named that one 10 More Traits of a Great Company (laughs) Culture. Not quite sure what we're going to call this one, because I don't make that call each week. More talented people here at The Fool name these, but maybe we'll have 10 even more great traits. Or maybe we'll be more focused on wellness, which was the purpose of this podcast. Kara and Lee sharing with you what they've learned about the overall well being of your employees. Now, Lee, if you're comfortable, let's say I've really enjoyed this podcast or one of these, and I want to get in touch with this team at The
2: Fool. How do I reach you, uh, you both, or you? I'm happy for people to email me, leeb at fool.com. It's pretty fun because it's Lee B a fool. Lee B, letter B, mm-hmm. at fool.com.
0: Lee B a fool. I get it. Okay, Lee B at fool.com. And Kara, The Motley Fool has a culture blog.
1: Yeah, it's culture.fool.com and they're all of our content our job postings, anything we do here, how to get in touch with us, uh, my we email. We take
0: pictures of ourselves GPS. on, you know, Halloween Selfies. or silly ridiculous oh, stuff.
1: You would think all we did was dress up in costumes you, and
0: do One w- one it. would sometimes <laughs> I do <It's> follow okay. <laughs> and I can follow it by the way on Twitter cuz yep, Motley Fool Culture or are we on Instagram. Instagram. Okay, good. So I do see some of those pictures.
1: Yep, Instagram, Motley Fool Culture. I'm TMF Kara on Twitter, so I, I post a lot of stuff I read on there, too.
0: So. Awesome. Thank you both so much for your time. Thank you, Rule Breaker, whoever and wherever you are. And it's our hope, on behalf of Cara, Lee, and myself, that you find ways to make the place around you where you go to work every day better for you and those around you in the year ahead. Fool on. <laughs>